Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Like while we're waiting for Herb Howard, we're yeah. practice, practice doing the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Russ, uh, hit the button. Maybe this is a new segment. Maybe we bring somebody on and, and who is a real. You see how fast that was? Yes. You see how fast that was? How did you do that? How were you, you know, so I, quick? I went, how, I went, how was there not this lag of like, all right, Russ, hit the button. Uh, let me. Uh, for the first time, but like actually the hundredth time, because I've been doing this pod since we started. I put all the drops in. Yeah. You I've, just, n- I've, I've, never right had, I've never had access to any of this. I've never had. I've never even seen all these things that. Um, Tony can drop into the show and all I, the fun buttons. Yeah, for one, it's like I'm a little bit. Um, it seems really easy. It's all right here. Let's see if there's any other stuff we want to play with. Let's see. Let's see. Let's... That's that's the beginning of the. Uh, everything's fine. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. We haven't had to it, use that one in a while. Things have been we going, haven't. going well no. for the Bears. So to speak. Not, yeah, they've been going. Like was, they no, should. wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. They've been kind I of on track. Get... They've been going where they should. Yeah. When we originally created that drop, what up, Herb? When we originally created that drop, that segment, it was. Fine, right? Yeah. Things were horrific. For, like, they were supposed to be good and they were bad. There were so many bad ideas. I, this has not gone well so far in the sense that like they haven't been winning with Eberflus and Poles, but there have not been a lot of terrible ideas. There have not been a lot of things where you're like, oh, no. Like, but why the expectation you... was they weren't going to be good. Yeah, nothing's right? been like, that surprising. Those last years when we created that segment, they were supposed to be a playoff team and were like the worst team of football. Yes. They went all in like the Rams did financially and draft-wise to go 6-11. and 11. What's this one? This is like a Billy Gill drop right here. Don't be a sucker. It's time to put one of the most decisive men on the clock. I, I don't I think I'm one. a deceitful person. <laughs> it's time to... Fu- we need to get him back. Oh, man. Herb, you haven't said words, bro. You're loud. 
I don't know if he knows that Your he's guest uh, in our, our home. Let's unmute him. There we go. Herb. You're, this you're is muted, going poorly. Herb. You're muted. Yeah. Yep. Herb, you don't been on the show. You see, 15, but you see what happens when he's not times. here. Right. No, but that's. I think that's what happened. I think what just happened right now, though. I think what happened right now was like one of those situations where it's like you lock and unlock the car at the same time. Like you're trying to unlock it and the person's trying to unlock it and you end up locking it. Because I think I unmuted him and he hit the button at the same time. So now I'm not doing anything, Herb, okay? You unmute yourself now. You do it. Now talk. That's how we do it. Okay. There we go. All right. Is there stuff that you eat that just like tears up your mouth? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you like it and you eat it anyway. And I'm asking Captain that Crunch. because there you go. That is one. That is definitely one. Do you still eat sunflower seeds? As a former baseball player, do you still eat sunflower seeds? I do not. I do not. Did you Did you at the time? At the time, yeah. But baseball. I was a bad sunflower seed eater. What like, I was the guy that got the pack with all the flavoring, tossed them in your mouth, swish all the flavor off, and then spit the whole seed out. Oh, really? You don't like the seed? I just did. It was a lot of work. It gives you something to do when you're playing in the outfield. For and sure. I, almost, I almost liked outfield for that reason. I played mostly infield, if I remember right, when I was a kid. But, like, if you're in the outfield, you could go out there with a big big uh, handful of sunflower seeds in your back pocket. And it gave you something to pass the time with. But now I, I still like them as an adult. And so I'll still eat them. But it's one of the grossest things you can eat. Like, if you got in my car right now and saw the cup of sunflower shells that I've been spitting into today while oh, I've been driving no. around, it's gross. That's and nice. I know it's gross. Like, you can't do it around other people. You can't do it in your house. I got the ranch sunflower seeds. That's a pretty good one. Yes. Great legendary flavor. Barbecue up there. Uh, dill pickle. And yes. a fast rise. I like the, when I was I like the dill playing. pickle. I like the barbecue. Bar- it, back in the day, it was only regular barbecue. It was all you could get. Right. No ranch back then. Salted or barbecue. No, ranch came along later. I think I was, I remember saying, like, man, you know what they should make for the next flavor? Ranch. And not that that's that profound because I'm not the first person in the world to think like, hey, ranch flavoring tastes kind of Right, good. right. But I do feel sort of like they stole my invention when I was 10. Ah, oh, man, you got to get that money. You think it's too late? Yeah. When I when I see the Little League World Series, it reminds me of uh, a lot of good memories of Little League. And like one of the best ones was the concession stand, at least where I played Little League. We had that and you would get like treat tickets. Yeah. So, like you could go and buy f- snacks and stuff. Like if you're if you were a parent and you were there to watch your kids play, but the kids got treat tickets. So it was like they'd give you like four tickets every game to go get stuff at the concession stand afterward. And they had uh, they had like big league chew and nachos and all kinds of candy. Fun dip, which yes. in hindsight seems insane that we were eating fun dip. And when I see my kids eating it now, I'm like, what are you, or something like it? I'm like, what are you doing? That's disgusting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we ate that too. And then uh, the our concession stand at our Little League field had the, man, what was the off-brand uh, Slurpee that they used to have at White Hen? Is it Slush Puppy? You, like, it's not icy. No, it's not icy. I don't know. I think it was Slush Puppy because it had like a little dog, I think was the okay. logo. Yeah. So that was like I looked forward to that as much as I looked forward to the games. Now the the concessions when your game was over, 
fantastic. If you happen to have the concession stand that made walking tacos, oh, one of the greatest concession foods of all time. I don't like, think that was invented yet when I was playing Little League. Dude, walking tacos are an elite concession food. I think it might be a top three concession food. Like walking tacos, nachos, which, you know, has all the, the walking taco has all the makings of a nacho, but in like a Frito bag. Well, that was my question is what is a walking taco? Because I've seen that advertised, but I actually don't know what it is. Because wouldn't a regular taco be very walkable? Like a a taco doesn't fall all over down the front of my shirt when I eat it. I could walk. I didn't come up with the name. I'm also perplexed that you haven't had a walking taco before. They're all walking tacos if you're like well coordinated, you know, if you've got the ability to eat a taco and walk. What do they mean by walking taco? What distinguishes it as a walking taco? Buddy, you have this thing where you read too deeply into what something's called. Just let it be called that. Okay. All right. So, but I will explain it for you. So a walking taco is you have a bag of Fritos, right? And then the mom's chef up or the dad chef up the ground beef. So you got the you bust open okay. the Frito bag. You see, and Herb's smiling because you know what I'm talking about. You, you bust open the Frito bag. You put Herb's the ground bad. beef on the inside. Then you put all the nacho toppings. So you have you know uh, tomatoes. You have lettuce. You have sour cream. You have jalapenos. You have olives sometimes. And then you have the hot melty cheese in the back. They got to stir up. Okay, right. Yeah. Stir that's that up. Sounding you put good. that I'm over on the top. And then you shake it up a little bit and they give it back to you and they give you a fork and it's a walk-in taco. And it's one of the oh, best okay. inventions ever made. And so it's at every is- basketball tournament I've ever been to, every baseball tournament that I've ever been to. And it's one of it's the top a top three concession item ever. I got you now. This that was not a thing when I was a kid. Oh like yeah, how you're saying wrong. you see this everywhere. Yeah. Would, if you'd have gone to ten or twelve year old me, I would not have known what a walking taco is. Um, and I guess I still didn't now at 39, but so it's like, it's like everything that would go in a hard shell taco, although you're using like Fritos as the shell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's all in the foil bag of Fritos Yes, and you eat it with a fork. Yes. Thus making it something you can walk around and eat because you just hold the bag in one hand. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would try one of those. That sounds good. Herb, tell your man that's a top three concession item. So far, the only thing wrong with it is the fact that you use Doritos and not Doritos. Like it, Doritos with probably the spicy Doritos, but nacho regular Doritos works. I, I, I'm with you. I've seen it done with Doritos. So if you had the nacho cheese yeah. Doritos, you could, in theory, make that work. But yeah, Jason, I, I just think it's a, it's a top top concession item. Um, better than just having a plain hot dog or having the nachos. Yeah. Like I don't have, I don't like when people call them nachos with where you just have the chips with the cheese in a little cup. Like, that's no, just I, chips and I 100% agree with you. I would fall, I would have fallen for that when I was 10 or 12. Oh, this little plastic tray with some tortilla chips and the jalapenos and the cheese sauce that you could probably use to like caulk your bathroom. Uh, like, yeah, okay, that's nachos. But I I am educated now. I am a man of the world now. I have seen pulled pork nachos. I have seen barbecue chicken nachos. (laughs) I have seen the nachos that they make at uh, Yardbird in Miami where they use Doritos. 
They use Doritos for the chips, and they use like leftover like barbecue ribs and cut the meat off and put it on there. Like, there is a bar for nachos, and what you are handing me, sir, is just chips and cheese. Oh, wow. that is not nachos. Yeah, no chips and the chips in the little side cup of cheese that ain't gonna get it done at this point in life. Like, you can't call it nachos. It's chips and no, cheese. No, chips, chips and cheese. cheese. And it should be a dollar fifty everywhere. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. I still don't think we have Herb. Thank you. I can't listen to I've never said this in my life, but I can't listen to any more Herb Howard. Like, I can't take any more of it. It's not the true Herb. It's like crackly, it's, it's Herb trying to make it work. Bottom of a swimming pool, Herb Howard. Tin like, can no Herb. part of this man's internet is working correctly. Tin man I, Herb. In, in, I can't you wanna just, Do you want to just keep him here? We can keep him here. No. We I, won't I, hear him. We can no. just look at him grinning at us and reacting yes, to and the he things knows things are funny. <laughs> You can get response. This is why we need Tony. Like I can't explain it, but like somehow this wouldn't happen if Tony. That's not true. Somehow you gotta stop saying that. You gotta stop somehow. No, Jason, stop saying that. All right, some version of sports adjacent is happening right now. I'm your host, Jason Leisure, co-host Russ Dorsey. Herb Howard's here, or he's not. We've had interconnect connections with Tone here. So like, why do you say that? Because he somehow like he somehow fixes it. That doesn't. That doesn't even make sense. What you're saying. Tony's one of these people where it just all works out for him. You got some, all right. <laughs> Tony's not the, literally the, the literally the thing we get mad at Tony for is that when problems arise, he doesn't instantly step in and fix them or acknowledge know. them. You know what? It's like it's like how um, you know it's like how you get forgetfulness about pregnancy, and then you're like, you know, I could do it again. Now I'm like, you know, one week of Tony not being around, I'm like, you know, Tony wasn't that bad, Tony. Tony really like fixed You're an everything. enabler. You know that? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So you that, that way your other relationships, Jason? Uh, no. Like if I was on, like if I was on Heron, would you be like, ah, oh, Russ can stop at any time? <laughs> Russ said he's fine. <laughs> he's just fine. Um, Tony's not here because uh, one thing that didn't work out was him being here, and it's been a a chaotic, hectic week, but. Uh, our names are on the show. Like we should be able to do the show. Should I think possible. so? I, I like. Do you know what's funny? Because and I'm gonna let everybody inside baseball here. Like I'll get the text from Tone and Jason. We have our group chat that is active during the week for stuff outside of the podcast. And it's Tone says, control. "Yo, yeah." Sometimes it's just like I, I never can't show it to anyone. No, 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 no. We're all done. Um, there's a, they get the text from Tone like, "Hey." Can't do the pod this week for X, Y, and Z. It's like, fine, got it. Then we have a alternative plan. Alternative plan uh, falls through last minute day of. And so it's just like, all right, like, it's fine. Like, we can do the pod and and with, like, with us. Like, it's cool. Um, But, like, Jason, I maybe I read it in a panic voice because sometimes the, 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 the text comes off like, yo, we got to. And that that might just be how you send a text message. In my mind, it's like, Jay, Jay, we got it. Like it's cool. No, I don't. I'm not usually panicked. I am usually just on to the next step. Then Tony's out, or so and so's out, or this person canceled at the last minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I, hey, I'm on to this. Mm-hmm. I'm on to the next thing. And and like in a perfect world, like the way I would love this show to be, would be like you and me at the center of it, and then much like. Lebitard does or Dan Patrick does or other show other successful shows do you kind of have like a cast mm-hmm. around you 
And we don't have the time or the money for that. We don't have the time to have or the money at this point in the show's, uh, you know, what? The show's a toddler. It's like two years old. We don't have we're not in a situation where we can have five other people in here chiming in and just kind of hitting their shots off the bench here and there and making the show hilarious. Um, It is good when we have like a third. It's good when my favorite way to do the show is you, me and Tony. And so I usually, when that isn't going to happen, I try to think of, you know, what pivot can we make? Who can we bring in? Something like that. But you're right. It's not necessary. We're grownups. We can do this. You got to be flexible, man. Yeah. You got to be flexible. Like the day uh, me and Tony did Young Dude Cast, that was born out of flexibility of, yo, we don't have to do it the same way all the time. Right? And, and it's part of, I think it's part of our evolution as a podcast. Like, is there a way we can do this? And I'm like not firing anybody, but it's just like, hey, sometimes if you can't do the pod, me and Tone can do it. Like, and it was the first time we had ever gotten to do that. So we're going to experiment. And it turned out to be a, a podcast that people enjoy. So, all right, that's something we could do. But yeah, I'm never like, oh man, Jay is out. We're, we're done for, or Tone is out. We're done for. Obviously, I love y'all and y'all are a big part of what we do. But like the, to me, you, like you just said, you have to move on. What's the next thing? It's maybe the next thing isn't what, like maybe sometimes you reimagine what it is. Yeah. Sometimes though, you get that by bringing other people in. And yeah. Like, sure. it, like it was kind of, it was not ideal, but it was kind of fun. Uh, Tony was out for like two months, a year or so mm-hmm. ago. And we brought in a bunch of different people or mm-hmm. um, like you, you know, you were out uh, at one point in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we brought in Caitlin Sharkey to coast. She was amazing. She mm-hmm. was so good. She, like she was, and it was totally different. I, I don't know how to how to like put it into words how it was different, but it, she brought a totally different vibe to the show that wasn't like better or or anything like that. But it was it was different, and it gave people kind of just like a different version of our show. Which no, I get I, it. I enjoyed. Like it's it's fun when Herb Howard's in here. Uh, whether it's in here with you, me, and Tony, or in place of you, or something like that, uh, I have a different rapport with Herb than I have with you, or than I have with, you know, Cam Wolf or Maddie Lee or whoever feels. The show feels most out of control when Herb is here. That's oh, when nice. I feel. That's when I feel most like okay. Everyone He's here kind of knows. Everyone kind of knows where here knows like where the lines are on the road and how to stay on the road, except him. And, and he's bringing his own, like, kind of chaos and wildness to the show by just, like, his internet today, by, like, his internet not working, and he's coming in and out, and, like, we're talking to Herb from 10 minutes ago. Right. Delayed Herb. Yeah, there's, like, this is, like, some kind of Avengers thing. We're talking to him, like, through time travel. I still delayed. Uh, that it sounds like a little better. Time, but crackly. It sounds a little better. It sounded staticky, but we'll, we'll see we'll, how it goes. We'll try to work through. Uh... You know what? Since Tony's not here, I say we take away his money. Russ Dorsey yes. is presented Hell by Sheets yeah, yes. Yeah. New car owner, Russ Dorsey. I want to get to that in a second, actually. Um, gotcha. Russ, Dor- Russ Dorsey is presented by Sheets and Giggles, everyone. We've made a sponsorship change. Mm-hmm. And uh, she- Sheets and Giggles has upped their game in terms of spokesmen. Uh, you can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash essay. We're going to keep the link the same. 
just yeah. makes it easier for everybody. If you use that link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you'll automatically get 23% off at Sheets and Giggles, which is the proud sponsor of only Russ Dorsey here on Sports Adjacent. Uh, get the flannel sheets if you want to get ready for fall, but... If you live pretty much anywhere in the country right now, you, it's not that way. I heard them talking about the heat wave, and I do not want to do weather talk. But I did. I heard them talking about the heat wave, and they were like on the news. They're like, it's going to cover the central U.S. from uh, South Texas all the way up to the Twin Cities. Like the Twin Cities? Are you serious? This was the day uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, the twenty-third, and this was the day, Russ. If you remember, like a week and a half ago. And I, I promise this will be the end of weather talk. It showed up on your phone that the high this day was going to be like 112 in Chicago. Right, right. And we were like, that's a that's a glitch. That can't yeah. possibly. Although it felt like it. And it hasn't come down that much. I'm pretty sure it was 100 today. Yeah, no, it was definitely 100. But it was like 90 degrees at 8 a.m. And that's the, day, that's the terrible days in the city with 100% humidity, too. It's the mornings and the night. I, I've always told people when I lived in Miami and they would say they would talk about how hot it was and everything. I would always say like the big difference between Miami and Chicago in the summertime is they're both really hot and humid during the day. That's not really that different from one location to the other. But the difference is that like up here in Chicago at night, it cools down amazingly. It'll Usually, cool down yeah. even in the summer. It will cool down sometimes to the point where you wouldn't need your air conditioning. You could just open the windows because it's like 60 outside. It's perfect. And down there, you would go out to, you know, take your dog out at 11 o'clock at night and it's still like 85. And so that's what we're experiencing in Chicago this week and in most of the country. Also, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,000 if you don't win. Using the promo code adjacent1000. You can bet right now on preseason games. The final week of the preseason in the NFL is this weekend. College football starts, I think, this weekend. Um, And then, you know, you're going to have a slew of college football games and every week NFL regular season games coming up. So you're going to bet on those games. And if you're going to do it, do it at BetMGM and use promo code adjacent1000 and get the offer, you know, $1,000 in free future betting credits. Or it's up to $1,000, so it's however much you bet. You either win, great, if or you don't win, and you get the credits to try again. Uh, use promo code ADJACENT1000, BETMGM, the king of sportsbooks. So you're a new car owner, and uh, you can... Wait, do you want to bring business. Herb in before we go through my car story? I don't know if we should. I don't know. Nah, let's, keep, let's keep trying it. I think this is a great This is a great bit. Let's keep trying to see if Herb's audio works. Is it a great bit? Cause it's it annoying. is. It's annoying me, so I'm yeah, wondering if it's well, annoying that, I like when you're annoyed because okay. that's good content. Is it? Herb? I don't know. The, I don't know that it's a great bit. He sounds good. You didn't want to go to him. Hold on. It tailed off at the end. I heard it. Listen, I, I I love to come in and disrupt our show with my wild takes. No, you cannot defend this, Russ. Off the this cuff comments. Terrible. I don't like to disrupt it with with this stuff. With the with the internet connection, you don't want to interrupt it. You just want to interrupt it with takes. Yes, I want to interrupt it with with things that I shouldn't say and remarks that I shouldn't make. Don't want to dis- disrupt it with poor connectivity. Well, that's what's happening because Russ, it took him four minutes to respond to what you just said. It was fine when he first responded. That's what for, makes me for mad. For one second, it was. Actually, it was three seconds, and then it <laughs> and then it delayed. I don't. But, but my 
Three right. seconds, see? The problem, the problem is, it, I, I don't know how we can resolve this without can't. Herb getting an Ethernet connection. No, we can't. At this point, it's like, he's or restarted it his, his computer, he's reset his router. Like, at this point, the only thing left for Herb Howard to do to make this work is to move. Clearly, I have to move. That's really the problem. I, need well, to I just answered like five texts in the so time it took I just, from I just me saying that to you responding. They happening. told me that I had the black box. Something about the black box? That's on airlines. <laughs> See, I, have no, I, I, I don't have any context for that. It seems like I talk right after you talk. I just don't know that you stopped talking 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we're yeah, like so on a new like, topic like, you know, right now. We started see, talking Women's World Cup, and you're still going on about a black box and Wi-Fi. You have no idea that I'm talking to you right now. Russ, this is not working. Herb, you're gonna have to go sit back in the corner and let and I'll just I'll just read your reactions to the people. <laughs>
but it is part of the process, part of the negotiation. So I love this you, rehearsal. So we get, but it's like, I, but you gotta let like if you're going into the dealership with somebody, you ha- they have to know what's going down. Like I love it if you're like, hey, if I if I say I have a call to take, just follow my lead. And, and right, you take and a call. Really like, just, oh, we also have to take a call. You have to have people that trust you. Like I I done it years ago when I did it with my mom. My mom was with me, and now I'm the one buying the car. Right. And my mom starts popping off when the negotiation to what in her mind went sideways. In my mind, it's going exactly where I wanted to go. It's like, oh, well, we'll wait and doing all. I'm like, mom, shut up. Like, I got it. Like, <laughs> let me take care of it. So I'm glad they didn't bring her because, like, yeah. she would have messed my deal up. And I told her that, too. Um, so we get in there. We test drive it. Everything checks out. And then I'm like, all right. My dad goes, I'm going to go sit in the customer service. I'm like, cool. So he sat where all the people that are getting their car worked on sit. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, the coffee and the punch and all that good stuff and the comfortable seating. And so then uh, me and my brother are sitting there at the desk and they're like, they pull up what the out there lower price would be. And they start to pull out all the tactics. The All right. So what are you thinking about for your monthly payment and all this other stuff? And for anybody out there that's buying a car, do not. And I repeat, do not focus on monthly payments. Right. You want to get your out the door price to a number that you're comfortable with. So we're going back and forth. And I'm like, well, I really need it to be here. She goes into the whole, I don't really know if they're going to be able to do that. But oh, yeah, the I'm going to go back there and see. Me. I'm going to go back there and see what we can do. And so she goes and she you know, gives it to the, the, the management. And then she comes back to like, yeah, they wouldn't be able to do much with that this is going to be the because we we've we've already reduced the price blah 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 i said no, no, no that's perfectly fine i just wanted you to realize that i'm going to have to get closer to that number to make this work and this car has been on your lot for 122 days and i'm not gonna lie to you at i don't think anybody's gonna come and get this before you have to sell it at auction so can i'm gonna need you to get around this number she's like well i'll go back but like we'll I, and but i just don't know because of the car if we're gonna be able to do that so she goes and then she comes back with a guy. And the guy's like, Russell Dorsey? I said, like, yeah. He was like, the Russell Dorsey? And I'm like, yes. He was like, who? You're like, you're on the score with Lawrence Holmes. And I started laughing. I was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, oh, man, good to meet you. I love what you do on the score. Then he goes, yeah, we're not going to be able to do this. And I'm like, after all that, after all that, you come back to say, no, nah, we're not going to be able to do this. So then I'm like, what can you do? He's like, yeah, we can take it off five hundred dollars, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So I've moved on my number about fifteen hundred bucks, and you're saying all you can do is five hundred dollars. I'm like, if you're in my shoes, I, how how am I supposed to feel as a customer, right? I'm trying to. This is a negotiation, and I'm trying to work with you, mm-hmm. right, to make this work. And you're not working with me. You're not showing me that same, you know, good faith. Like, oh well, we don't want to do that, but it's just like because of this car, and we. You know, price it as is. And then he says, you know, we're going to have to sell this car at auction. Now, before, when I was just talking to the other young lady, she said, we're not selling this car at auction. So when he said that, her head like tilts to the side, like, and I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. So I'm like, actually, she just said you weren't selling at auction. So I didn't know which one of those things you were actually doing. But in order for me to make this work, like, we're going to have to get somewhere closer to this number. It goes back. Then he comes back. He's like, yeah, this is what we could do. And I said, no, you know what? That's fine. I start collecting my things. I start. I had a folder with some papers. I start putting my papers in my folder and I unzip my book bag. But he's like, I can make a phone call to my boss and kind of see what we can get done. 
And I said, you know, please, if you could do that, I'd appreciate that. And then I, they leave and I look at my brother. And I said, all right, this is what's about to happen. They're about to come back. And this is the number that they're going to have. And they come back. And that was the number that they had actually lower than that number. And I'm like, then I'm like, yeah, I think I think we'd be able to make that work. So then they leave and I look at my brother. I'm like, yeah, what's my name? <laughs> Russell MF and Dorsey from the school. Um, Lawrence Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. So right. now shout out to uh, Tasca Chevrolet. They uh, they took care of the boy. But no, I got I got a, a car, a vehicle that I am proud of that Good. I wanted. Uh, I can tell you tone bleep this out, but uh, it is a. Sounds like a fun car to drive. <laughs> Bro, brother, yeah. let me tell you. It has been. It has been. Very proud of you in your Toyota Prius. Ah, thank you, sir. That's my man. That's my man taking <laughs> care of his boy. Get down on the taxes. Um, this That speech you're giving your dad and your brother is like, it reminds me of like my, this kind of the talk, like the preparation my wife gave me when we went in and bought a car mm-hmm. like years ago down in Miami. And... She's like, okay, like we're we're paying cash for this, but we're not going to tell them that till the end. Right, you have to do that because they want to know. Like, are we going to be able to get some money right. back from the bank on this, from the lender on this, or not? We're going to play like we're just, you know, doing it the conventional way, and then at the end, we're going to do it for cash. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right. And she had done her research. Like, see, she's a killer. She's she's so much like well much better suited for this than I am. Um, and she's kind of like, you know, much like my personality seems like I would be good at this, but I'm not. Hers a lot of times seems like it wouldn't be because she's kind of non-confrontational. Uh, but then it turns out she is really good at this. And she she's good at research, man. She's good at knowing more about this than the person selling it does. And right. that will always give you an advantage in life when you know more than the person on the other side. And she had figured out, like, we could get this van this minivan new from somewhere. It doesn't have to be from this dealership, but from somewhere we could get it at this number. And the guy's like, no, you're not going to be able to do that. And I'm like, she's like, well, see what you can do. And so he goes and he comes back and, you know, he's working it all down. And we, and we negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. And we figured out a way that like we, we, we negotiated even to like, let us put a certain amount of it on our credit card so we could get like hotel points for it. And then we would just, you know, pay that off right away or something. Uh, and they just like went down and down and down and they didn't get to the number, but they got, they got like decently close. And she was like, well, okay, that wasn't the number I said. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going home. If you can get it down to that number, let us know. And they, man, they were not happy. Like, I think there's like pretending to be unhappy. In fact, I've seen that before too. Like I was shopping for a car once and my grandfather, who is an, a killer at this stuff, he took me to a dealership. We just wanted to look. We really did just want to look because I was just trying to like do some initial research into what car, kind of car I was going to get. And this guy, this salesman, we told him that up front and he, he still like insisted on trying to sell us the car. And at the end, you know, we were like, okay, thanks. And the guy's like, oh, he puts on this big act of like, oh, I mean, guys, you're uh you're really gonna, you're really making me, you know, look bad in front of the boss here. And I'm like, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy a $25,000 car to no. make you look better to your boss. Right. But these people in Miami were legitimately upset because they felt like they had done all of the work the like you're describing. And she's still like, nah, 
like it's got to be this number and uh, we'll just try to get that number from somewhere else tomorrow. So we're le- we leave and we go home and sure enough, like, you know, nine o'clock that night, we get a phone call from the place saying like, hey, you know, uh, I think that number you said would be fine. You yeah, want to come back and pick it up tomorrow? Yeah, see, and that, that was my thing. Like, because the dealership I was looking at was in Wheeling, it was like, if I leave here, I am not returning. Yeah. Like, I'm not coming back. I'm not doing the old song and dance. No, you know, we, we, we after much consideration, no. Yeah, I gave you time to consider. And if it ain't while I'm sitting there listening to Prince, Little Red Corvette, <laughs> I'm sorry, but then I'm, I'm going to go have to go about my business. But yeah, man, it's I I uh, it was the first time I like had to do something nice for myself in a while. And so I said, you know what? Can I do this? Yes. Will I do this? Yes. There you go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, you want to try round four of Does Herb's audio work? Well, I have, like, is he here? Okay, he's here. We can try again. I'm listening. I have a football question that I want to ask him, but I'm just going to ask you if if his internet doesn't work. Now, he looks clearer. I'm hearing an echo of myself. This is bad already, but, like, But I feel like we're on a good track, though. So far, he looks better. He looks crystal clear. Let's see where we're at. I, I, I'm just on my phone, so it probably doesn't sound as good anymore because I don't have the microphone talking through my AirPods. I mean, compared to what it did sound like her, you're killing it right now. I mean, it's something. Cool. I'm, we'll I'm being to- totally like impatient and uh, rude with Herb Howard, who is doing us a favor today. Because her here, the sequence of events was Herb was going to let someone else borrow his microphone so that that person could have a good mic to come on and do Are You a Real One. That fell through. So then I'm like, all right, hey, Herb, can you come on and do Are You a Real One? Because we've never done it with him. I think we've had him on the uh, the judging side of it, but not actually mm-hmm. in the in the crosshairs. In, in the, the chair. And, uh, and then everything fell through with not only Tony, but Tony's replacement. And so I was like, Herb, can you just come on for the entire time? And he was like, no problem. You know, for a friend, of course. And all I have done in return is just insult him, ridicule him, and insult him for his terrible interview. You need to move. Your audio sucks. Throw your whole laptop in the trash. Like, yeah, one thing has nothing to do with the other, right? All those things he said was true about the sequence of events, but it's also very true that this internet situation is quite annoying, and I need to move. <laughs> it's fine. Right, let's let's get it's to fine. it right now while we can. Still, Russ, hit the button. 
Maybe this is a new segment. Maybe we bring somebody on and, and who is a real and five minutes of finding out we're just investigating. Are, are you a real one? Are you a real one? Nick Saban, head coach of the Dolphins, and real one. I <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The segment where we find out about your innermost being. You know, people lie. You know, they could say that they're a real one. But the evidence could say the otherwise that they are not a real one. I sense real one traits here. So, are you a real one? Oh no, baby, you're not a real one. I keep missing Grandma Russ. We need to bring Grandma Russ back. The people want Grandma Russ. You know what? I thought about this other day because somebody tweeted us about Grandma Russ. It's a lot more fun when I want to do it versus when people want me to do it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Trust me. Because it's I, like when people request it, it makes me want to kill Grandma Russ. Yeah. Or when I, I try grab to a pillow. Oh, smother. my. Wow. Oh, that's wow. strong. Wow. Death. Yes, and then I'll, I'll, it's Put like over face. I, I found this out the hard way as a collaborator with you because I have tried many times to set you up for it. Uh-huh. And then it's just. Mm, mm. <laughs> no. Is that how that sounds? Make your own characters. <laughs> It's like we're on. It's like we're on the fast break, and I like alley oop one to you, and you're just, and like, I just look at the ball go out of bounds. No, no, I don't feel like jumping. I'm not, I don't feel like jumping today. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to watch that sail into somebody's popcorn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Russ! Uh, I bet uh, I bet Grandma Russ thinks uh, Reggie Miller's looking pretty good. <laughs> See, I don't even like that setup, bro. Like that was a nasty. Well, that's setup. a bad example, but like I had, had other ones. I've had other ones it. that were very good. Grandma oh, Russ once talked about Tom Brady breaking her hip. Right, but like I got. But anytime I try to kind of like court. you know lob one in there to go back to it. It's, mm, mm, yeah, I mm. I have to do it on my own. Mm. It feels forced and fake if you right. try to set me up. Well, the people love it and. Us allowing you to just do it you, at your own. You know, what the people else, you know what else the people love? Twitter. And <laughs> they, they kill that too. To do it at your own pleasure. And what the result has been, we've gone like three months without a, a Grandma Russ appearance. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we maybe she's That's it. That's it right there. Maybe she Hey, that mm, mm. taking me out. <laughs> Eat your carrots. Mm. <laughs> it's the shoulder turn that he does with it. Hmm. That's what five-year-old girls do, don't you? Like my kids' friends, like that's what they do. I'm like, hey, all you kids that are over here playing at my house, you need to clean up now. Like, clean up all these toys. I'm not cleaning this up after you go home. Hmm. <laughs> uh, see, that's funny. That's a lot funnier than a forced Grandma Russ. Is your impression of me? It wasn't forced. You it wasn't forced. No, Russ. it wasn't forced. I have great comedic timing and great setups, and I've set you up Usually to be Grandma do. Russ. One hundred percent. And and it'll just it'll be this perfect like lob into the end zone, and you'll just kind of watch it sail out of bounds. Do you want to get to the segment that we're actually doing? <laughs> no, I like making that noise. <laughs> no. I like the little like, shoulder turn in the noise. A little shoulder the, turn. The Grandma Russ Pun mm. Fake is a good segment. Mm. Like, <laughs> Herb does a good one too. It's hilarious. I love it. He knows, he's got he's got nieces and nephews. He knows he's seen that move. I'm gonna add that to my repertoire a lot now. Like mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matt's Matt Eberflus. Every time we ask him about injuries, it's just mm. Mm. it's his own version of that. 
All right, Herb Howard, let's find out if you're a real one. And we probably should have done this before we asked you to evaluate who else was a real one. Who who have you been on to uh, evaluate as a real one or not? Refresh my memory. Pardon me, I forget the young you lady's name. Okay. Uh, she she covers the Cubs, though. Oh, oh Maddie, Maddie Lee. Lee. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Maddie longtime Lee. friend of the show. Like, pillar of our yes. guest roster. Staple. She's as much of a staple as Herb is. Damn near. Yeah. See, Russ, like in a perfect world, we would have Maddie Lee and Herb and all of these people on all the time. Just yeah, kind but, of like hey, but the see, supporting cast. You and, and we, I if care this was about our like only job. People. That's what we would do. And we'd have to pay those people what they were worth to do that. Yeah, if this was its, if this was his own self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Herb Howard, do you think you're a real one? Let's hear uh, let's hear a story. Let's give us an example of how you are. And then, you know, as a journalist, as a fellow journalist, we're going to want something that kind of balances that out. So you can start with whatever you want. Um, so I'll start with why I do believe that I am a real one. I am very intentional about showing up authentically, um, especially in spaces where representation of black people is minimal. Um, I have some access. I've gained some access into some spaces that I think are really, really cool but most of those spaces are minimally represented by black people and even more minimally represented authentically by black people. And so I, I, I look at it as almost my duty, but I don't want to call it a duty because it's just me being authentic, but I do remind myself to be authentic. And so sometimes when I'm getting ready to go to said places, I'm like, Ooh, is that the head I should rock? Ooh, is that the hoodie I should wear? Oh, should I say that? Should I walk like that? And I remind myself like, dude, you absolutely should. You absolutely must. It is your duty to do so, not only to be authentic and true to self, but so that the the stigmas and the stereotypes about black people who come from places I come from on the southeast side of Chicago, where it's like a lot of people in those spaces don't go to or haven't been and they because of news or whatever, they have a perception about who and what those people are. And so I get to show up and be who I authentically am. And I can be well-spoken and I can be intelligent and I can be good in my job. But I also think it's very, very important for me to do so in a way that 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 reflects people who look and walk and talk like I like I am. I don't want to I don't want to be viewed as like an exceptional Negro. I want to be viewed like like not nah, all them dudes that you think like all the, the other people you the black dudes that you see with tattoos on their neck and wear hoodies and Jordans and baseball caps turned sideways, like they just like me. I'm just like them. Um, and so I, I, I'm very, very intentional about uh, showing up authentically in spaces with, with minimal representation. And I think that is one thing um, that makes me a real one. Um, that's that's one that, of my favorite things about you. Like, I think there's so much authenticity in that, like, the Herb Howard that I see at Hallis Hall and Soldier Field is no different at all than the Herb Howard that I hang out with outside that space. And you, and that is, I think everyone has responded well to that. And not just young black players, not just people that are kind of in your demographic. I think across the board, people that you cover respond well to the authenticity of this is not someone in here like, you know, trying to do it. Well, let me just do like my version of 
what uh, the other, you know, what the Chicago right. Tribune or the Chicago Sun-Times or the Athletic right. does. Like, you have brought your own style to all of it. And I think all the way up to Matt Eberflus, who comes from a completely different background than you and is in a completely different demographic from you, responds well to. I think everybody responds well to that. And while I'm not an authority on what you're talking about, I would say from my observation, like that is 100% true. And one of the things I really enjoy and respect about you as a fellow reporter, let alone that we are friends. I got to give that back to you in terms of the compliment, because like I said, this is this is year three and I still have this conversation probably weekly with myself. Right. But on day one, right, when it was when it was when that that thought and that feeling was probably at its highest, you were like, hey, what's up? I'm Jason Leisure. What's your name? And it was just like super, super cool. It was like, cool. If you need something, let me know. And it was like. I fucking know who you are. You're Jason Leisure. I read you every day. Like, you know what I mean? But but in my mind, it, that, that, that allowed me to be calm and relaxed. But then even, you know, as time has continued to go on and progress, like, because we've developed a good friendship, I'm always, like, doing these, you know, authentic or outside-of-the-box things with and to you, right? right? I'm always talking to you when I say something about, like, Oh, you don't know that 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 Mariners hat with that star is like a rolling sixties thing. Like you don't know that, right? And you're like, wait, what? Who? Who? What? Nipsey Hussle? What? <laughs> and so, like that 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 kind of stuff is, is stuff I always do with you. Or we're talking about like Air Force Ones and why black people and like we want our Air Force Ones crispy and white. And as soon as they aren't, we're done with them. And white people seem to be intentional about messing them up as much as possible, and Eating that's the way the they ground. want them to be. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of this I did not know. And so, you know, I, I, because I get to have those conversations with you and the other people over here and chime in or not chime in, I think that's kind of allowed, you know, for it to be uh, more digestible and, and accepted in the space as well. So I, I, I do uh, notice how um, you attributed to my, my own personal comfort in, in, in showing up authentically on a daily basis. I, I think you have been a total nonconformist in mm. sports media. Huge compliment. And Thank you. That is very, very difficult to do. It's very difficult to come in and do it a different way confidently and have it go so well. And Russ, if you ever are if you ever saw him in action, and maybe you've seen it on the press conferences or heard clips played on the radio or something, like he gets great responses from everybody. Not just players, not just black players or black coaches like he gets great interaction great answers from everybody because he engages so authentically like there's nothing that feels forced or fake about it ever with her yeah and it's it's really hard to when you feel like you're the only person in a space to not only do the job well but like you want to have some sense of community with the people that you work with now there's a lot of people that don't have to think about that right but the, that's the key. Like, you don't have to think about being in the community because it's like, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, for, I, don't, I don't have for, to come in and think about, like, how am I going to do like, it's not doing it a foreign way to me. It's not like I'm I am different. I have to figure out a way to fit in. It isn't like that as a white guy. It's not like that. But even like, you know, for her, like in a sport where the players look like him. Being in a workspace where nobody looks like you, really, mm-hmm. that is one where you have to be like, Oh, this isn't really my world at all. And until other people like you, Jason, say, 
you know what? I'm going to introduce myself to this person that I don't know from Jacob's house cat, as my mom would say. Um, but like who is clearly working in this space with us now and you build that that relationship, it, it's going to always be that way. The more people who or uh, I would say the 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 people who aren't seen in those spaces, it's always going to be hard until you have more and more people and it's not as big of a, a thing anymore. Like it's something that Herb sees in football is something that I see very much so in baseball. And I think it's hard for me because you look at it as you look on a field, unlike with her, where, all right, this is hella dudes on this. 75% of the team look like me. Mm-hmm. In baseball, it's like, uh, 1% of the team look like me. Mm-hmm. And, and of that 1%, maybe some team might, might, not like <laughs> might not be. Right? And so it, it's a. Uh, that's something that I still actively think about and I've been doing it for a while now and you build a name and a reputation and all that. And even in all of that and having success and thriving in your career, I still have those conversations that her have. It's just like, I want, I do kind of want to feel welcomed in a space and I have my friends in a business and people treat me well, but at the same time, it's like, damn, I've had moments where I'm like, damn, I don't feel welcomed here. Right. I don't really have, people that I feel want me in this space, even in the coverage side of it. It's just like, do I feel like people put up a barrier with me that others might not have? I think so. I think it's harder. Um, and it's something that I, I had thought about going into this business, in business, I mean baseball anyway, where it's like, there's just gonna, some of those doors that I knock on aren't going to open up for me as quickly or at all as they do for other people. And at the end of the day, I have to be okay with that if this is what the passion that I have and the career that I chose to go into, but it's not letting that stop you from knocking on that door. Right. Cause there's a lot of people who are like, well, because I know that I'm never going to knock on the door. It's like, nah, screw that. I'm going to knock on it. If I don't get an answer, I'll just kick the bitch down. Now shout out to you for doing that in baseball for sure, man. Cause like you said, I, I do have the advantage of at least the players, you know, come through and, you know, they look like me or we speak the same language and Jalen Johnson's talking about do rags and, right. and, and flat pads or whatever the hell he's talking about. And mm-hmm. none of us knew. Lay down pads. Right. None of us knew, but he looks at me like, you don't know what this is? Like, why would you ask me? No, I don't know what that is. Get out of here. Like, you're doing too much. <laughs> but the, those, those types of things, at least have that type of stuff. And in baseball, you don't even have that. Let me ask you this, though, Russ. Do you ever find yourself feeling like like a black apologist? Like, so, like I'm you like... Most of the time, I'm like the only black dude there, or the only black person there. But mm-hmm. shout out to like shouts like Joe Lewis and Scott. Uh, there's another brother who's mostly quiet, but he's he's there consistently as well. But when we do something, or when we like shout out a question, it's like Ugh, I didn't like that question. Do you like what? Why you got to be the one to ask a dumbass question like that? Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, you know I, I don't find it in baseball just because like it's just not a lot of us that ask those questions in baseball. Um, I probably can list you all the black reporters on every beat in baseball. And if I can do that, that tells you, right? Like I should have to, I should forget. I should be like, ah, damn, I forgot about 20 people, but it's not like that. Um, And I think it is a, like, it's a feeling that I wish I didn't have. And like, obviously I don't care. I'm going to do my job well, regardless of like, whatever. But it's just like, I wish I wasn't conscious of, Damn, like, 
I'm looking around at the World Series and I'm like, is it just, yeah, it's just me, right? Are there black TV people here? Yeah, that's like one black TV person here. But where are the writers at? And my man Clinton Yates is over there. But if it ain't me and it ain't Clinton Yates, there is no representation that looks like us. And so that it's unfortunately something that even when I'm not, when I'm thinking about like stories and what I'm going to ask and all that, my mind naturally goes, who, who in here? No, just, just, just the boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that. But I think, I think that doing like being good at your job helps too, right? That, that just, yeah. that just helps. You know what I mean? That's, that's adding value to the room helps. And so, you know, that's good for everybody. So, you know, it, ultimately it's, it's fine. It's just something that you just, I'm stuck in the back of your mind. And then you're like, eh, you know, I think that you came in there so confidently and so sure of how of what you know because you're very very you're a very smart person in general but man do you know your football you really know what you're talking about um in a way that i don't know if anyone else in that entire room does when they talk to players and coaches um and you there was just instant I, I feel like from maybe not instant, and it'd be interesting to hear how you felt about it, but like pretty quick acceptance from everybody else of the new person because even though you were doing this differently than everybody else and walking into an overwhelmingly white space, like you said, as far as the media that covers the I was surprised yeah. by it coming from covering the Dolphins where I would say maybe half the media room in Miami was white and the oh. other half was there were there were black reporters, there were Latino reporters. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of diversity there that there isn't on the Bears beat. A greater mix. Yes. And it seemed like between like the authenticity, the uh knowledge, the confidence that you I it seems to me were very quickly part of the beat. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'll tell you when it I'll tell you when it happened for me, it was the very first question um, that I asked. It was Matt Nagy. And I remember like still being like super nervous, still not even knowing like where to sit. How do I, when do I ask my question? How's this, you know, even though I've watched thousands of these press conferences, right? Um, or listened to them at least. And, but I, anyway, I, I'm feeling nervous all the way up until he sits down and now we're just talking football. And so then whatever my question was, I went to shoot, like shout it out. And everybody, at least I felt like everybody like turned, like, who is that? Like, you know what I mean? And everybody was looking. And then I asked my question. And then I kind of saw this like light on everybody's face, like, huh? Yeah, we do want to know that. Like, what's what's the answer to that, man? And it was like, <laughs> at that moment, I felt like everybody was like, huh, like, that's that added some value to this press conference. That was something that we all kind of needed to know. Um, and so at that moment, I felt like, hey, I, it's like a little, like a little thumbs up. It wasn't literal, but it felt like a little thumbs up. Like you know what I mean. Um, and then I started to get, you know, little, you know, greetings or hey, or get a nod from Biggs or a dap from Weeder or something like that. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean. And then you just take one day at a time from there. I think that uh, the way that you and I, I will stop on this after this, but like I think the way that you cover the Bears is an, such an example of what everybody talks about in business where they're like, hey, the more diversity of perspective that you bring in 
It's not just doing it for the sake of doing it. It will make everything better. And while the Bears beat is 20 different entities, this is not a one company or one team. We're not teammates. The overall nature of how the Bears are covered has been made better by bringing in your perspective. And if you had come in and said, well, I'm, I'm just going to I just want to be covering the team. That's all I want. And this is how everyone else covers the team. And so I got to try to like I got to try to make myself into, right? you know, so and so black so and so. Right. Uh, rather than like doing it your way, then I think we would have missed out on that. Uh, and, and I say we like I guess the consumers, the people that follow the Bears, because yeah. to them, that is all one product. There, there are like all these different places like, you know, you might go multiple places to buy your groceries. You might hit sure. Target and Jules and Whole Foods for different things and a farm stand for something else. Like as a consumer of Bears media, you might want to watch something, listen to something, read these three things like you're doing grocery shopping and you have brought a totally new product to the menu of what people can choose. Mm. And uh, I, I love that overall. And I really respect you for doing it the way that you have. Thank you, brother. I received that. I appreciate it. So uh, awkward segue to how are you not a real one? <laughs> Okay. He, he went so deep on it, Russ. He was like Adam Amin, where he went so right, deep perfect, introspective. Perfect answer. How are you not a? What, what's an example of a way that you are not a real one? Uh, so, oh, because you are such a great friend. At during the holidays, Christmas time, you got me one of the most thoughtful gifts I've ever really received. It's a notepad, right? To do my job better. You look at the notepads that I kind of like to use and bought like a 10 times better version of that. It's got my name on it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> and, I've, and, I, and I've been afraid to tell you that all that summer. I've been looking great. for it all summer and I've, I've, I've been afraid to tell you that all summer. <laughs> And so every yes. time I'm like standing next to you back with my rinky dink one, I'm like, I wonder if he knows that I've got the rinky dink one. Like, didn't I buy you a good one? That's mm. so funny, man. Yeah. Uh, Russ, you know the you know the uh you know the watch company Shinola out of Detroit? Yeah. They make amazing beautiful watches. Um I don't have one. They're very, very expensive watches to me. Um but they also make like paper goods and stuff. And one of the things they make are these really nice bound journals. And this That's is a great, gi- great gift for anybody, really. Well, <laughs> great gift. A responsible person. A great right. gift. All right. They for look. They look really nice. They're probably like thirty dollars, so yeah. not not crazy. And you can get initials put in them. And I Never always buy. Notepad. I always buy a gift for uh, Christmas and Hanukkah for Patrick Finley and Mark Potash, who I work with. And so I was getting them this i was getting them those journals and i was like you know what i'm gonna get one for herb howard too last year i'm like you know even though i usually only get them for the people that i like my actual co-workers i'm gonna get one for herb howard too and so they each have one each of the three of them has one patsy never uses i've never seen him use his and that's because he doesn't like me patrick uses (laughs) his all the time every day i see him using it all the time the mystery is why i never see herb using it which we now know Nope. Now you know. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. This is a great <laughs> gift, by the way, if you're listening. I don't know if you need a birthday gift or like a Christmas gift for somebody. These are a really good gift. They come in like a wood box. Like they, they really like, this really looks better than a $30 gift. Like super dope, Russ. Like yeah, super, super that you don't dope. Use it. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even, he don't even know it, let alone use it. It's got and, HJH and, on it, his initials. And, and and it's like I've been I've been so ashamed to tell you this all summer. Like I think about this like every day. I, <laughs> I go in my bag and I pull out this little rinky dink one. And I'm like, Jason's gonna be like, "Why are you still writing in this in this little flimsy ratty ass this, notebook? This little yeah. this little thingy here." And it's like, uh, I I got you a good one, like a really yeah. good one. And what does that say on the front of it? The one you just held up for it? Does it say Wintrust? Did you get that for free somewhere? <sighs> I'm sorry. 1, I gave you one that says HJH for your initials, and you were using one that says Wintrust. It's bad. <laughs> It's, it's okay. Bad. Everybody loses stuff, man. It's okay. It's bad. It's bad. I forgive you. I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm holding out hope, though. I haven't emptied. I haven't like. I haven't like gone through my trunk. But because Herb was, because Herb was supposed to, Herb staying with us for the rest of the pod. Maybe. So he depends on his connection. Well, his connection is fine, right? Uh, so we have to determine while he's here if he's a real one or not. Okay, that's fine. Do you have any questions? I feel like I don't have that many questions. For I don't have any questions. I have my. I, I have see my him every day, right and he's been on the show like you know a dozen times. So I have, I have my vote. So do you want to go? All right, we're gonna break protocol here and let him uh, sit in on it. I'm gonna say that Herb Howard is a real one, and one of the one of the things that I will put forward as evidence before you decide, Russ, is that this is one of my really really good friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he lets nothing, nothing that I do slide ever. No he will roast me over something in front of everyone without a thought. Yes. And he knows that it will not do anything to detract from our friendship. And that is real one behavior. That is the sign of, of true friendship. I love that, and I appreciate that. Um, I, while I was leaning real one, whole way, oh. I think it's the fact that he knew he lost the damn notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and had he told you, hey, dog, you know that notebook that I love that you got me? Bro, he acted when it. I gave it to him. He looked like he was about to tear up when I gave it to him. Right, and so he like, acted, had he come back? He acted like OTAs. it was that special when had I handed it to him. Come back at OTAs and said, no, "I can't, I can't find it nowhere." Right, that's at least like, all right, like I know you appreciate it, and like let's work on where you left it. Like let's retrace your steps. But, and then he, but it's the fact that he waited that... until you asked about something that he is that he's not a real one to be like, "Oh, you remember that shit it. that you got me that was so yeah. nice?" Yeah, I don't know where that is. Like, come on, dog. Uh-uh. I, you're you're kind of turning one. me to your side now because like. He also threw in there, you know, I haven't looked in my trunk yet. Herb, Christmas was like eight months ago, and you, you I, haven't been. You haven't been your trunk since December? This is, some, this is some fakery right here. You talking about how bad you feel when you haven't even Get looked him, in the trunk? You haven't Get looked him. in the trunk of your car for this? Get him. You got, you got to see my trunk. <laughs> no, no. Herb Howard, not a real one. I'm out. I'm out on Herb. I love Herb, but Herb, hell no. You can't tip my man's on his platform. Hey, remember that nice-ass Christmas gift you got? I don't know where that shit is. And I miss it so much that I haven't looked the one place that it probably is. 
Or it's not. Or it's not. Uh, Herb, I wanted to ask you one thing about football. And I'm curious what you make of these two guys that are in precarious positions right now. One is Tariq Cohen, the former Bears. He was he was maybe the best offensive player on their team the last time they were good in 2018. Tariq Cohen, who has gone through multiple major injuries, is trying to make a comeback at 28. And Trey Lance, the former number three overall pick, now looking like out of a job and going to get traded from the 49ers. What do you think happens with these guys? And what should happen? So we start with like Tariq Cohen, and Tariq Cohen said on Wednesday that the Bears are not interested, that he's, there's, there's no shot of him ending up with the Bears. And I would sit here and think, like, what's the harm in letting the guy have a tryout? Like, they certainly don't have a punt returner. You look like you need a punt returner. Like, let's bring the guy Man, listen, I'll take Tariq on a torn Achilles, torn ACL, a bad back over uh, don't put Bayless Bayless there, Jones. Russ wants Russ wants Tariq Cohen on Grandma Russ's uh, motorized scooter returning punts rather than Bayless Jones back there. Yes. Yes, yes. Now you, you just, you just got to hope the best for Tariq Cohen, man. I certainly – I'm rooting for him. I hope that he's – you know, has made a, 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 as close to a full recovery as possible and that somebody gives him a shot and that he shows he's actually ready for it. I remember, you know, the first time he got hurt and, you know, they weren't saying anything about it. He was day-to-day for, like, a year. And it was like, it's been day-to-day like, since was uh, day-to-day. 2021. And that it was, was crazy. That was bad. And then we got to we got to camp and he comes walking out and he can't bend his leg. So he's just walking out and he's like, and it's like, yeah, he's not close to playing. Because there was, it was like saying like, oh, you know, he might be ready for the regular season. It was like, that dude, no chance he plays in the NFL game, especially not the way that he plays it. So um, I, it was, it's, it's sad that that you know the guy that that was that explosive, that electric. I'm glad he got his check. He got paid. He got one contract. You know, so at least he got whatever portion of that that was guaranteed. Before he got that he second go. contract, Herb, like two weeks before yes. he got hurt. Yes. And yes. hasn't played man. since. Like that, man, good thing he got that money. Yeah, go ahead. Good thing he got that done when he did. Didn't hold out for another dollar because none of it would have came. Uh, so, you know, I just, I just I hope the best for him. I hope that somebody gives him a shot, and I hope that he's ready for it and, and, and takes advantage of it. With Trey Lance, I just think, you know, sometimes you roll the dice and it just doesn't work. You try to identify these kids. You try to be the smartest person in the room and say, hey, the kid from small school, he's got these traits, he's got those traits. And for whatever reason, it just has not worked out for him there, especially when you talk about a place like San Francisco. And I know it's been a while, but I still look at San Francisco, you know, along with, with Green Bay as like quarterback mecca. Like, you know what I mean? You go from Montana yeah. to Young, and, and I think that kind of legacy of quarterback still looms over that position in, in, in San Fran. And so um, I think that's just a hard thing to walk into, especially coming from a smaller program. And I just don't think that, you know, he was necessarily ready for everything that went with it. The game itself is hard, but everything else that came with where he was selected and how probably just added a lot more to it. And I think that hopefully for him, a change of scenery will be good for him. Now, he's certainly not going to walk into a change of scenery where anybody expects him to be, you know, one of 32 in terms of starters. But if he can get a a legitimate shot to compete for a backup spot somewhere, I'd like to see him win it. And then, you know, maybe – he gets a three-game stint somewhere. If somebody goes down and he shows himself well, I'm not 
banking on it. He does have some traits that are impressive. When they came here against the Bears uh, last year, he made some nice throws. He had – you can see his size and his ability to kind of hang in the pocket. But, you know, I, he hasn't put it all together yet, and I don't know that he ever will, but uh, hopefully a change of scenery serves him well. I don't think he's had a chance to put it all together. And this is like one of the most interesting things to me with quarterbacks is there's so much that's out of your control. That's true. One being your health and two being where you got dra- what team gets you. Matters. Where you what situation do you walk into? You know, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky would have been great anywhere, but had he been drafted by the Ravens, he probably would have been a lot a lot better than he was. Yeah, and conversely, people are like, oh, we could have had Patrick Mahomes. No, you could have had the Patrick Mahomes that the Bears drafted, not the Patrick Mahomes that the Chiefs drafted. Yeah, and, I bet and, he'd be good developed. anywhere, though. I bet he'd be good anywhere. I've, I've never I've never been a believer in that, though. Like, one guy would have been good. Like, with the system that they had, they would not have turned Patrick Mahomes into that. I have a hard time. There's nothing to prove to us that that would have been the case. And to you guys' point about Trey Lance, I, I feel like at every step – the 49ers have gone out of their way to tell you what they thought of Trey Lance. Oh, they've made right? it clear, yeah. Regardless of the injuries, it was just like, nah, we're going to go with Mr. Irrelevant here. And that's our guy. That's who they were riding with. Um, and I think part of it is they went, what was it, 6-0 and with him as the quarterback? With Purdy? Brock with Brock Purdy? Purdy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the guys in the room start believing in that guy. Yeah. Not the guy they took number three overall. And at that point... The decision has been made. It's done. Well, hey, that is like it's very rare that you can trade up to draft a quarterback that high, and it's a bust, and everybody's fine with it. And the way that you fix that mistake, if it is a mistake, is you're just able to develop other guys. Like you're able to get Brock Purdy. You find a solution some other way, like how the Bears never did. Their solutions were Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, and uh, yeah. I don't even remember who else. Maybe trading for Russell Wilson. Rinse and repeat. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, Russ. You're right, and they would have every reason. San Francisco would to try to force this to work, mm-hmm. and Trey Lance was not good enough to be their starter when he got there. And so they used him in kind of like a gimmicky role. And right now, the reason that he's the reason that the news item that indicates that he's done in San Francisco is that they made Sam Darnold their backup quarterback to Purdy. They're not making that for political reasons. And in fact, if they were factoring politics into this, they would pick Trey Lance because they're the ones that picked him so high. They don't want to look like they made a mistake in that. They are a team that thinks they're going to compete for the Super Bowl this year. Like, they have everything on the line. They have every reason to pick the best guy and to even want it to be Trey Lance. And they have still said, Sam Darnold is is better at this. And it's it's tough for Trey Lance. Like, Trey Lance was the number three pick in the draft for a reason because he's very, very talented. And I feel like it's just, it's not going to work out for him. And it's not even about him. It's that it never works out. It, It... no, but it's not even – and my reasoning is not specific to his case is what I'm saying, Russ. Like, this never happens where someone gets drafted really high, it doesn't work out, and they go somewhere else, and somewhere else is like, yeah, we had all the answers and we made this guy great. Like, this is this is it. It's over that fast probably for Trey Lance. Except Brett Favre. Okay, there's always exceptions, but it's very, very rare. 
No, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's super duper rare and it's probably, probably not going to work out for Trey Lance. It's like you said, there's so many variables outside of your control. Just where you go matters. And to be clear about what I said about Patrick Mahomes, the Bears should absolutely have drafted Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying I don't know that either of them are as productive or prolific if they had. Like, I, there's, there's just a lot of other things that go into it that, you know, lead to you being in the right place at the right time. I think he's young enough if somebody decides to pick him up, whether they trade him or cut him on cut day, somebody picks him up. There's teams out there that need developmental quarterbacks that maybe he gets with the right quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. He gets a chance somewhere and then boom, you're starting to see those skills when there's no pressure where he doesn't have to be the guy, the number three overall pick that you traded up for. You know, so, someone will want him. You can get him for a fifth or sixth round pick probably now. And, yeah. you know, he was number three overall two years ago. Like there's some teams that, Probably had him very high on their draft board. That now you can get him at a For massive discount. For a low, yeah. Yep. Russ, let's do the news. All right. Mark Cuban, you're familiar with him, the uh, billionaire owner of the Mavericks, kind of mm-hmm, a TV mm-hmm. celebrity too. You know, he does the show Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. My mom loves that show. I've never really gotten into it. If it's on, I'll, I'll watch it, and it's, like, interesting, but I would never sit there and watch hours of it. I wouldn't binge that show. Uh, he got a real-life pitch from Uber in 2009 and turned it down. Mm. Mark Cuban told Kevin Hart on uh, Kevin Hart's show on NBC, on Peacock, Heart to Heart. By the way, that's, like, that's all the shows now, I think. Every show is either, like, so-and-so celebrity that you know likes mm-hmm, to travel. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to follow, you know, Dwight from the office to wherever. Or the alternative is if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to do Zac Efron, you know, thinks his thoughts in wherever or (laughs) something like that, then it's uh, so-and-so celebrity is going to talk to their friends and we're going to call it a TV show. Mm -hmm. But on Heart to Heart, Mark Cuban revealed that he was offered a chance to buy 2.5% of Uber for $250,000 in 2009. So that is, in 2009, that is a $10 million valuation for Uber. And he declined it. He just didn't think it would become anything like it became. That $250,000 would now be worth $2.3 billion. Mm. That is a huge L. I was mocking this idea, though, of your, like, Let's make a show. Let's just find a celebrity and have him talk to other celebrities, uh, you know, which is like every late night show. But you know, there was there was an interesting counter revelation on this. Okay. Run. Kevin Hart revealed that he made the same mistake. Kevin Hart turned down a chance to invest fifty thousand dollars in Uber. Oh, and I don't no. know, like at what year that was or what valuation, but any money that you would have put into Uber a long time ago would be looking pretty good right now. His reasoning. Uh, he thought that Uber was going to lead to a bunch of murdering. Oh, no. The murder being the reason. So I know somebody who could have been one of the first employees at Uber mm-hmm. and they turned it down. Mm. And it cost them yeah. several tens of millions of dollars. It probably came with some ownership stakes. Yeah. Mm. It's tough. Do you guys have anything like that where it's like you were late to the party on something? Oof. There was this no. one girl. Shut up, her. <laughs> I knew that's where that was going. 
to the party on this one, girl. Uh, Reggie Miller, did you guys realize Reggie Miller is 57? Yeah, he old. I guess yes, it's because he sense. was already old when you were a kid. It doesn't feel like he could be 57 to me. Yeah, he was older when I was a kid. You know, it makes sense. What, Mike's like, what, 60? 61 or something like that? Is he sixty? Michael Mike's, oh, Mike's over sixty. Yeah, Mike is sixty. Is he really? Oh, wow. yeah. Reggie Miller is old enough to be my dad at fifty-seven. Uh, yes. Re- but but Reggie Miller is in like awesome shape for fifty-seven. He completed a one hundred-mile bike race in Colorado. This race is entirely on gravel. Like, think how horrible that would be. Right, pedaling right. a bike. Through gravel, a hundred miles, and it's in Colorado. There's elevation, seven thousand feet of elevation gain over the course of this race. He said he was visibly in distress during the race, so much so that other riders were like, would like pull up next to him and see if he was okay. But he fought through it. He said that the race kicked his butt, but he did finish it in six hours and fifty-five minutes, and finished three hundred and seventy-fifth place out of nine hundred and twenty-six. This is, right. stuff you, this is stuff you do when you don't win a championship. You know what I mean? You spend the rest of your life just chasing these types of things. Like, you'll never see Jordan do this. Like, no. Like what Doesn't do you, need what, to, right. For what purpose are you doing this? On gravel, in Colorado, with the elevation. I'm like, knock it off. So you got off. you got Reggie Miller trying to prove something here. Yes. he's like, Trying to overcompensate. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a, a, a Michael Jordan pitcher on his handlebars. Like, he's just, like... Keep keep going, keep going, keep going. Like no, no, Reggie. Let's no kudos for that. For Reggie, man. Let's just be no. happy for Reggie. Herb, did you see they had a hurricane hit California for the first time in like almost a century? I think. I did. I did. This is part of your normal life when you live in the southeast, like Florida or the Gulf Coast, New Orleans, things like that. But in California, this almost never happens. And one of my favorite Twitter traditions or X traditions, we want to call it that now. Uh, One of my favorite Twitter traditions is the photo of the shark swimming on a flooded highway. You guys have seen this. Mm -hmm. This comes up. They use this on Twitter every time there's a major storm somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this was like, especially in Miami, there was one of these like every week. So these would go along and everyone would be like, this is, my friend saw this in Miami. It's the same picture every time. I've seen the actual picture. It's not even a real picture from any time. It's like Photoshopped from this other amazing picture that a person took of a shark like in some oh, tropical wow. sea or something. Um, but somebody, uh, Barstool Big Cat, put this up when the uh, when they had flooding and stuff in L.A. And the person who fell for it this time was United States Senator Ted Cruz, who saw it and tweeted, Holy crap. Listen, They've been using gotta- this thing for like 20 years. The entire time Twitter's been existing, they've been using this shark swimming on a highway. Every time you see something on Twitter, you got your first thought should be probably not. Like even yeah. if even if even if it is yeah. real, then you. That's can where I start on everything. Yeah, your first thought should be probably not. Yeah, it's not tweeted out that they fired Kenny Williams and the Rakan. My first thought was nah, can't be. Yeah, somebody hacked. Can't be Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Tony takes the opposite approach. Tony's not here, but Tony's approach is well. That Tony's everything true. is true. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you you got to talk me off thinking it's true. Right. The other you way. have to prove to him that it's not true, not the other way around. I'm the other wow. way. This, this video or picture is fake. Convince me otherwise. Yeah. Hey, speaking of fakes, uh, tickets are on sale now. You can, you can, well, I would say you can go get them, oh, but apparently they're available. Firefest 2. 
Yeah. And that's really what they're calling it. There's no rebrand. It's Firefest 2. Yo, if you liked getting your money taken from you and eating, uh, you know, mayonnaise sandwiches with uh, not 33 artists performing at a music festival, you're going to love Firefest 2. They had the refugee tents. They had all that. And then after that whole doc, people are going to be like, you know what? Let's run it back. They are they definitely going to be people that try it again. There's no way. There's no so, way. Some of those are. tickets go, are like priced at $8,000. There's, you would think there's no way, but confirmed liar and fraud Billy McFarlane, he hasn't set a location or an artist lineup, but he tells TMZ that the first wave of tickets released sold out at $500 a piece. That can't possibly be true, I would think, but then I remember, like, it could be. It's, a, like, it's insane. People fell Some for this the first time, and there was the Tinder swindler, and there was the uh, what was the one that you liked, Russ, on Netflix, the Becoming like Anna the, or something. Like, oh, Inventing Anna, yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. Are Inventing it, like people are falling. She for was fraud. friends with that dude, with uh, Billy McFarlane. Yes, Firefest. Like it's wild how all those people run together, but like who has five hundred dollars to spend on like. We don't know when or where or who's going to be performing at it. Just give us your money. People, like you want to be like, oh man, I went to the, I got a ticket for the fire festival too, and it didn't happen. Oh, and you go try to sell it. How is this different money. than straight up mugging somebody on the street? That's one hundred percent what it is. We had Open this conversation at the at the office to, at the studio today, where it's just like, if you could say, hey, five years from now. I'm going to have an event. I can't tell you where it is. I can't tell you if it's going to be successful. And the last time we did it, it was an absolute disaster. Right. But you're going to pay $500 for it. That's exactly what these people are signing up for. There's no way you sold a single ticket. There's no way. You don't have to be stupid to get mugged. Like You have to be stupid to get this done to you. Like, how many people do y'all think are gonna get the, are gonna go back like for a second time? Like, how many people do you think got got the first time and are gonna get got this time? I don't think anyone has bought a ticket. He's saying I that the first wave it. all sold out. People are stupid. I believe him. I believe him. I believe him too. He's I'm, he's been I'm, talking I'm this Tony up. On this one, man. I believe it. He conned people the first time. What make you think you're not gonna con people the second time? He did time. a Netflix documentary about it. And I okay, so all them ladies on the Tinder swindler were done too, and they kept going back to bro. He, that did keep happening. You're right. That's happening. Simon Levive is out here doing cameos. Um, he's been talking about this since October. Billy McFarlane has. Mm-hmm. It's almost a year that he's been talking about Firefest too. And still no location, still no date, still no artist lineup. He trying um, to run it up on y'all. You remember right. he did four years in prison for Firefest One. And he said, "I thought of this whole thing in, with my seven months of uh, solitary confinement." How much did he make? How much did he make? He didn't make. I don't think he got to keep any of that, did he? I don't know. There's yeah, no I don't way you get to keep, keep all that the money. con money. Yeah, I don't, I listen, listen, I don't know. I bet Ja Rule is like not going to be part of Firefest 2. Firefest 2. <laughs> Firefest 2. He's just, it's so brazen. <laughs> That's, That's so good. You're right. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm low key rooting for him too because, like, if you get a thousand people to buy tickets to that, hey, man, you got Let's it all. Let's go. You got Let's it all. Go. This is like if Simon Levive was on a dating app calling himself the Tinder Swindler. Yo, I'm the Tinder Swindler. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, he he's on like Patreon and stuff or Cameo doing it and making hella money. And lots of people will sign up for and that. And people signing up for that. 
it's crazy. Like we live in a crazy world and people, people are just tend to believe stuff. They are. I am more likely to throw a music festival on an island in the Bahamas than Billy McFarland. There is no way people have bought tickets to this. And if they did, that is not going to be a ticket to anything, I assure you. I don't know. I don't know, Jason. I, I, I think I think there are enough people just foolish enough to put that money on the line. If, you, if it's not that much money to you, right? If it's, oh, it's 500 bucks. And I'm sure some people probably scraped up for it, but if it's not that much money to you, you're just like, oh, it's worth the chance that it actually happens. It's like a lottery ticket, you know? I don't think I know anyone who laughs at $500. Like, rich people don't get and stay rich doing things like this and falling for things like this. That is true. And rich people, like, even if $500 is not, like Mark Cuban, $500 would not be a significant amount of money to him. But Mark Cuban doesn't just let $500 fly out the door for nothing. That's true. $500 $500 to get caught is crazy. Finally, Russ and Herb. 2,100 homes in New Jersey lost power because of a fish. It's fairly common to have animal-related power outages where, like, a squirrel or a rat you know, chews through a wire, messes up your, you know, gets caught in your transformer and, you know, blows it or whatever. But it's very unusual to have it be a fish. The Sayreville, New Jersey police say that they found a fish in the transformer in this area and suspect that a bird was trying to eat it, trying to fly away with this fish, and dropped it in the transformer, and that's what fried it. Hmm. Power was out for two hours in this area. It's kind of an area near Staten Island, New York, uh, and the Jersey Central Power and Light spokesman says it was probably an osprey that dropped it and added, quote, if you've ever dropped your ice cream cone at the fair, you know the feeling. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. Bird? I, those birds don't be dropping stuff, man. Like they, like, they get it in their mouth, they get it in their beak, or they get it in their claws, and they are, like, gone to the nest with it. I don't know if they just be dropping stuff. But are they like 100% from the line though, Her? Yeah, see, I think Russ is right. right like, even if they're 98% from from the line, like, this 2% but, where they dropped it. But your 2% miss goes into a transformer and shuts down power for 2,000 people? The odds are very much against the very, that, yeah, right. Not the only would the Osprey it. drop it, but drop it in exactly that spot. You're right. But Russ, remember we just had a story recently where a hawk dropped a poisonous snake on a lady. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, we did talk about that last week. And then the so, hawk, swo- the hawk swooped down and kept trying to get the snake, which is what ultimately the rescued yeah. the lady. Well, the hawk wasn't oh, wow. doing it to save the lady. Well, yeah, well, yeah. the hawk was it, doing it to save the lady. You want to help the hawk? <laughs> yes, hawk <laughs> was hungry. What was the higher chance of happening? Fire festival two, or the osprey <laughs> dropping the fish? Oh, the fish. Osprey dropping the right. fish. That, there's a higher chance of that osprey dropping a golf ball right into the hole for a hole in one. You know what's gonna happen. He's gonna get it off. It's gonna be not great, but he's gonna get it off somehow. Where he's gonna get like two people to perform. Because they almost got Ja Rule the first time. And he's gonna be able to say, he's gonna say, yo, um, I got it off. I told y'all I wasn't lying the first time. I should have never went to jail. Let me give you the quick bullet points on Firefest one, just real quick as a refresher. <laughs> I got you. Ja Rule, embarrassingly part of it minimal lodging or food none of the 33 artists showed up workers were not paid 
and Billy McFarland pressured his producer to trade sexual favors to get bottled water through Yo, customs. I was about to say, that you don't forget the brother that said he was going to do something for Strange to, for the water. That was Firefest 1. My man wow. said he was going to do risk it all for the bottled water with the customs agent. I said, my God, I would have told people that. On the line, huh? <laughs> I know, bro, you got you to take, you have to take that foot to the grave. That go with you. My man yeah. said I was going to be a to get people water. <laughs> Oh my god. For a customs agent. And I'm and he was proud of it. And I'm he like, did say he was ready to follow through on Billy McFarlane's request. I said he did brother, say that. No. Hey. Hey. Like get it how you live, but like no, not for the fire. Don't don't do that for the fire festival. Do that because you want to. Do that because you want fest. to. Not because you're trying to save Billy <laughs> and his lying ass. Uh-uh. Hey. The world's well, most professional. Uh, I guess that's the news. See, but that's my thing. You can con that brother into doing that. You can con a thousand people to give you five hundred dollars. No doubt. <laughs> Billy probably like, if I got this brother to do something strange to the custom agent, I know I can get y'all to spend this five hundred dollars. I got Jaru to believe it. <laughs> All right, let's get up out of here. Um, uh, this podcast today featuring our guy Herb Howard. Uh, and th- we thank her for stopping by, as always, cousin Herb, uh, in the building. Uh, we're brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA and use promo code SPORTS. That is promo code SPORTS to get 23% off your next purchase of the softest, most comfortable sheets you can find. Sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA, promo code SPORTS. We are also brought to you by BetMGM. Get the BetMGM app and you can get your money back up to a thousand dollars if you do not win your bet by using promo code adjacent 1000 that is adjacent one zero 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 bet mgm the king of sports books jason anything before we let the fine folks go who's gonna fall for it with firefest with billy mcfarland firefest too because there's got to be a jaw rule like there has mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. somebody with some like star power and credibility that's one of those old acts the older acts that don't that are unaware, like Jawas. Yeah, it's got that's exactly who would be the mark. It would be someone that is not at the top of the game anymore, but still wants to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be Ja Rule again. Ja go fuck for it again. He could ja yeah, right kinda, yeah, I can't really think of anyone better for it. Nah, the first time they didn't have their things lined up, but this time I really believe that it was gonna work out. <laughs> I've I've seen the tents this time. Oh, my God. So we will catch everybody next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the motherfucker. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.